Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and my guest this week is Jenna Jacobs. Jenna, how you doing? Great. Doing well. I am surprised you wanted to do this. You know, maybe I think I accepted <laughs> it and didn't think about the consequences. You are you are one of the most unassuming, and I mean this in a very good way. I'm also delighted you decided to do it. You're one of the most unassuming, behind the scenes. So this is great. We're going to push you outside of your comfort zone, hopefully not too far. But it's all going to be fine. We're just going to talk about your whole life. How's yes. That, all that right. sounds great. Okay. All right. So as you know... We talk about career path. We talk, we talk about the place you work, which is kind of meta because it's Asher. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some of the stuff you work on. Feel free to talk about the people you work with. Tell the people the real truth about the people you work with. Right. Yeah. All right. So let's start with career path. So you grew up not in Fort Wayne. Where did you grow up? Correct. I was actually born in Arizona and I lived in Nevada for five years and then moved. And, and that was related yeah. to your dad's career, correct? Yeah, correct. In casinos. Okay. Yep. All right. So Arizona, I cut you off. Sorry. Then where mm-hmm. were you after that? Um, Evansville. Okay. Um, Evansville, Indiana for the rest of my youth and teenage years and then Carmel for my senior year. Okay. Um, Fort Wayne since 2013. All right. So your your initial career interest, is it photography? Is that what you first want to do? Yeah. So I went to school for photography and art history, actually. Yeah. So that was my career path at the time. And then I got very burnt out on it. Um, so so why did you get burned out? I found that something that I love to do as a creative outlet became very stressful when I had to stick to all these confines of the assignments and, you know, the projects. And I didn't, I didn't love it anymore. So um, my senior year, I actually took an intro to advertising class. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's the only kind of communications class that I took. Um, Yeah. So, so you're, so you, do you do photography? You do it as a job for, for part of your career, right? Um, I've never actually professionally done it as a job. Uh, I have certainly assisted professional photographers in photographing weddings, portrait sessions, events. I myself have photographed a wedding by myself Uh and, you know, some other things like that. But it's never been, uh, you know, a career point for me. So you wanted to keep doing what you wanted to do, but you didn't want to do the stuff you didn't want to do. Correct. All right. Well, that's a pretty good gig then. That's not bad. It's just, you know, turning your hobbies into a career. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Yeah, for sure. And your husband, the illustrious Jeremy, is also a photographer, correct? Yes, that's correct. So is that a good thing that you get to bounce ideas off each other or does it ever get competitive and weird? Yeah. So it definitely has gotten (laughs) competitive and weird, but I think that we found like a good balance because we at this point in time um, photograph different things so okay he likes to do the portraits the weddings the you know the people okay. and I if if anybody's familiar with what I do and I would be surprised if you were actually <laughs> I like to photograph flowers and plants yeah. and yeah uh, macro photography so okay. very different all right and how did you find that that was an interest like that's with with people, I think that comes naturally. But finding something, you know, like what you what you now focus on, how, did you stumble across that, or was that something you always knew? Um, I stumbled across it. I had these big burning bushes on the outside of my house that I would, you know, walk by every single day, yeah. and in the autumn they turn these bright red colors, and they are very invasive but very beautiful. And one day I just thought, you know. 
I'm going to photograph these and see how it turns out. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And you just recently shot Ashley Motia's wedding, I did. correct? All yeah, right. Very small uh, little get-together at, at Foster Park. and Yeah. So was that just a personal connection? Yeah. So you made an exception. Ashley herself is not a plant, but you that's said correct. nevertheless. Yes. I, I happily shoot, yeah. accepted that. Okay. Well, that's great. Well, that's awesome. So let's talk about... When do you start at Asher? And maybe talk a little bit about what were you doing before that? Then how do you get to Asher? And then we'll talk more about Asher. But what is your career path that leads you to Asher? So I graduated from Purdue in um, the spring of 2013. Yep. And we moved back to Fort Wayne. It's where my husband's from originally. And I didn't really have a good plan for what I was going to do. Because you had studied photography and didn't uh -huh. want to be a photographer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and art history, too. And, you know, one of the options for art history is obviously to go on and get your master's degree. Mm -hmm. And I do not like to write. Mm -hmm. So that really wasn't an option for me at the time. Um, so my dad, actually, is very good friends with Tom Borney. Yep. And was like, you know, I'm going to reach out to Tom and, you know, yep. see if I can just set up a meeting yeah. with you both. And so I met with Tom. And it was a great meeting. And he said, you know, if, if in the future we've got something, you know, that you would be suited for, we'll, we'll let you know. And, it, you know, for me, it was kind of open-ended. I didn't mm -hmm. really know if that was going to lead to anything. But the production manager at that time was leaving. Yeah. And her assistant was becoming a production manager, and she needed an assistant. Yeah. So okay. it worked out. All right. So – You've done a lot of different things at Asher. You've done just about every job. There, well, a lot yeah, of the jobs correct. there are. So tell me about that production job because I don't even remember what that was. But tell me what you were doing then. What kind of work was that? Yeah, so print production is basically anything that is a tangible piece of something for our clients, whether it be a billboard, a mailer, a brochure, a T-shirt, a tablecloth, anything that's going to get printed. Yeah. Goes through our production um, manager, Kirsten. Yep. And I was her assistant, and we just kind of found a good balance of who did what. And I actually worked almost solely on Subway. Uh-huh. So their menu panels, yeah. all their in-store collateral, billboards, their T-shirts, um, yeah, and that was my focus. And and you had no experience with that prior. Yeah. Everything that you learned was through Kirsten and on yeah. the job. All right. And her meticulous note taking. Yeah. So, well, she's yes. very detailed and and I am not, so I appreciate that in in both of you. So, how do you explain when people ask you where do you work and they say tell me about Asher? I'm always intrigued to hear how other people describe this place, but how do you describe Asher to people who maybe don't know much about the world we work in? Um, you know, to be honest, I don't know if I get the question a lot. I do say, you know, I work at an advertising yeah. agency and yeah. now I'm a, you know, project manager. And basically I say this with so much love and appreciation that I am a glorified assistant and uh -huh. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's, let's talk about what that means though, because you do a lot of stuff and you've done a lot of different things because you had the production piece and then... Did you move right into that into social media? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you were managing social media, not just for Asher, but for clients as mm -hmm. well. Yes. And if we're being honest, that wasn't your favorite thing you've ever done here, correct? Correct. It was very <laughs> go, go, go. I felt like I had to always be creating and always 
you know, be on. And it was a very familiar feeling, um, you know, like doing photography in yeah. college yeah. where I had to create daily, even if I wasn't really feeling it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've got in many cases daily deadlines yes. and you're sometimes with great help from other people, you're coming up with content sometimes in isolation, trying to guess what do people want? Yes. Um, so I, I feel you on that for sure. So you do that for about a year. Am I correct? Um, I think it was about a year before I started to transition out. And I think maybe a year and a half when it was all said and done. Okay. So you're still doing some of that, but less pressure, more to tell Asher's story on social media, helping out with some other clients. Where are you spending most of your time right now? Um, wrangling projects (laughs) for other account executives. Um, you know, the, the big clients that you work on, regional health systems, Indiana Tech, I just recently started working with City National Bank with another one of our account executives. So really it's um, just being a supporting role mm-hmm. to our account team and what their needs are. Yeah. So – and that's something you've alluded to this, but you're kind of happily in the background, right? You yes. would rather be working with the internal team, making sure everything gets done, all those details, than be – in front of clients doing the idea generation. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. I work best when I have somebody over me telling me what to do. Okay. All right. Okay. So when you think about the the projects you're working on right now, what are some of the things that are taking up most of your time and how are you working through that? I would say what takes up most of my time is trying to read media plans. <laughs> And make sure I'm doing that correctly. Yeah. You know, but I find that if I can just sit down and focus on something and work through it once, then I'm so much better prepared to handle it, you know, the next time. And I know that a lot of our clients' fiscal years are starting now, so there's a lot of things that are ramping up and things are going to start getting busy soon with all the flights and campaigns. So so it's still very deadline-driven because you're trying to get – a team to produce stuff that has to be done by a certain date. How is that? Is that the same pressure that you felt on the social media side or is it different? And if it's different, how is it different? I think it's definitely different because the pressure is less on me and more on um, other departments and not in a bad way. It's just that we've got more hands on deck. I feel with social media, a lot of the pressure was on me personally to create posts, to schedule them, to make them. Yeah. Um, with these projects, we pull in a team of people from the beginning, and everyone doesn't have the same exact deadline. So yeah. we may have copy that's due, um, you know, several days before a design is due, several days before a proof is due, several days before a printed piece is due. Yeah. So I think it's I think it spreads it out and makes it more manageable. Okay, so you're kind of. You, you're feeling some pressure, but it's pressure on behalf of other people more than on your own shoulders. And usually the deadlines are a lot, you know, farther out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what do you like most about what you do and what is the biggest challenge in what you do? I really like that I am doing something different every day, it yeah. feels like. Um, I don't face burnout in that I'm not coming and being repetitive and it's like, oh, okay, you know, time to make the donuts, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. – I enjoy that. I think that, you know, being able to focus on many different things throughout the day makes the workday go quicker, mm-hmm. and that helps. Um, you know, on the, on the flip side of that, 
it's a lot of different work and it's it's been hard to get to the level of organization that I'm at now and managing my time and figuring out not everything needs to be done every day. Mm-hmm. I have a bad habit of responding to emails right away without yep. giving thought you know to the the project i want to i want to get started on things you have a high sense of urgency yes which correct. is which is one of those skills that is a great thing but it also can be very taxing on yourself i agree i so, agree so let me ask you something i've always been really curious about because i i think you know this but there are days when you save my butt like multiple times um, because you are super organized how do you do how do you work like when you get stuff in how do you keep it all organized how do you track priorities what does that workflow look like i am a notorious note taker okay. um and list maker okay i will make lists for the sake of mentally organizing my thoughts okay. and never look at the list again because the act of actually writing things out mm-hmm. organizes it in my brain and then I know what to tackle first. And, of course, I'll reference my list. But um, that's probably my biggest tool is list making. And is that pen and – and this sounds like a stupid Pen question. and paper. Pen and paper. Okay. But – all right. Let's play devil's advocate here for a second. What if the paper is somewhere else and you need to reference a list? I take them with me. All the time? Yeah. Okay. All right. Because that's why I eventually switched to I got to have it on my phone because my phone is reliably usually with me. You just have the good sense to carry the paper with you. I do carry the paper. And I feel that actually physically writing things down helps me remember better. When I was in college, I used to sit and take notes on pen and paper yeah. and then go home and transcribe them to my computer. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I think there's something to be said for that. There's a there's a book called Getting Things Done that I read like really when I was – because you know how disorganized I can be. And there was this book I was like, I'm going to get fired from every job I have if I don't get my sorry listeners shit together. I need to figure this out. So I read this book and I was like, oh, it's not just me. It's most people. One of the things that they said in this book is your head is for having ideas, not holding them. And I would try to keep stuff up. And you can't see this because it's a podcast, but I'm pointing at my head. And that didn't work. So now – even small stuff, I I don't always write it down, but I type it so it's trackable. Yeah. But I think there's something to the process of the the tactile thing about writing that reinforces it in a different way. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Okay. So I'm going to pivot to a few questions that are kind of shorter, but they might end up longer and it doesn't really matter. Um, the first is about career success and fulfillment. Now, I know you're super humble, but you are the glue in many cases that holds this place together. And a lot of people rely on you. What have you learned in being in that role that allows you to be successful? And and what have you learned about being happy at work? I would say that I've never been at a point where I've been super unhappy with what I'm doing. I find a lot of fulfillment in helping people get things done that they need to get done. And I'm, you know, you say humble, but I'm really happy just being in the background and not even necessarily being recognized for the things that I do. Um, I just like to make things easier for other people 
in any way that I can. Now, now that's not that's not really common in the world we live in because there's a lot of showy people, myself included, who like to be the center of attention. And we've worked with others, Turner Watson, for one, hi, Turner, who like to really be sort of that focal point. What's your, what would be your advice to someone who maybe is more, for want of a better term, introverted or more, you know, I- interested in being in the background? What would you coach someone on who said, I don't think this world is for me because I'm quieter or I'm more introverted? What would you say to that person? I would say focus on your skills and what you're good at and find, you know, the little niches where you can fit in, in your workplace, in your personal life, um, that that you feel comfortable doing and let people know your boundaries and really just excel in the things that you know you're good at and you will find fulfillment. Yeah. Well, one of the many things I appreciate about you is you told me from day one that you and I started working closely together, you said, here are some things I'm not comfortable with. And I was like, okay, great. So I know that to not put you in that position or, and I don't think being on a podcast was one of them, by the way. So, but you, you said, here are some things that I'm not super comfortable with. I know now what to do with that. Whereas a lot of people wouldn't have the confidence to say, I don't really like doing this or I'm not comfortable with it. And then you might bump into some problems along the way. So I think more people should do that. It took me a while to get there. Mm-hmm. I don't like to say no. Mm-hmm. I feel guilty saying no. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just being confident in in what you can do and can't do and knowing that there's nothing wrong with saying no. Yeah. I don't feel comfortable doing that. Okay. All right. All right. Next question. Um, and I'm going to give you a choice of two questions you can answer. Okay. Uh, either what is one thing that you think people should know about Asher that maybe isn't all that well known? Or what is one of your favorite Asher stories, something that happened here that is memorable to you? Well, it is the big question. I remember this is question two. Okay. I remember one time we got a dunk tank in yes. the parking lot to yes. do the, uh, the ALS ice bucket challenge. Yeah. And, you know, long story short, I ended up in the dunk tank with all my clothes on, <laughs> soaking wet, not considering how I'm going to drive home. <laughs> In, you know, my shopping with clothing, but it was the summer, it was hot, and we're all hanging out in the dunk tank. Yeah, yeah. And it was kind of like the ice bucket challenge was like take a bucket of water and dump it over your head. Correct. And this was like all, like your whole yes. body. Yeah, it's just. It was, I don't even think there was ice in it. I, there was no ice. It was, there was no bucket. There was no ice. Not even sure it was a challenge. But it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. All right. Last question. And my only caveat with this one is you can't say pen and paper. But what's a tool you use, something that helps you in your work that is important to you? Something that – and it could be something that you think, well, most people know about this. That's okay. Or maybe it's something most people don't know about this that is super important to you. That is a difficult question. I'm going to go a completely different direction and say music. Uh-huh. I listen. Okay. <laughs> I listen to music um, almost all day, every day. All right. Yeah. Let me let me ask a follow up question because I have a challenge that I like to do that too, and I find that there's two types of work I can do. There's like if I'm thinking about something, I can't listen to music because it competes with that. But if I'm just like updating a to do list or going through email, I can. But a lot of times. And I'm frustrated because I like to listen to music when I work, but I'm like, now I got to think, so I have to pause it. 
So what, what do you listen to that allows you to think on two tracks in that way? So this is going to be very strange. I'll listen to like rainforest sounds. Okay. Yeah. Um, or I'll listen to classical music. Like yeah. you know, if I'm if I'm having a tough time at work and I feel like everything's coming to me from every direction, I'll put on like the Nutcracker. All right. So if I hear that when I walk by your <laughs> office, I get I'm just going to leave you alone. I think that music without words is good for when you're trying to focus on a specific task, just for some background noise. Okay. Well, and I think there's actually science behind that. I was listening to a podcast. And they were talking about this service that basically is science-driven. Here is music you should listen to when you work because it helps you be more productive. And I was like, well, why couldn't I just use Spotify for that? And like good advertisers, they said, and you might be thinking you can use Spotify for that. But this is different music that is wired to help your brain. So music without lyrics is a good start towards that. Yeah. All right. So are there ever times you listen to something else, though? And if so, like... What can you be working on that will allow you to do that? Um, a lot of my job actually involves things like content entry, yeah. research, repetitive tasks. Mm -hmm. um, you know, something that doesn't require a lot of active thinking. It's a lot of repetition. I feel like I can listen to almost anything yeah. when I'm doing that. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe I need to find more stuff that it's just instrumental that I can listen yeah. to. All right. I'll I make you a, a playlist. Shot. Yes, please. Let's do it. All right. Great. So now you have something else to do. I do. I already put it on my mental <laughs> pen and paper list. Where is your pen and paper, though? You don't have your pen and paper. I know. I thought about there. bringing it, but I didn't. Oh, man. That, so are you uncomfortable without the pen and paper? No. I feel like this isn't work. This is fun. So. <laughs> okay. Well, good. Well, since you still think it's fun, let's end it before it doesn't become fun or becomes less fun. That's how I live my life. All right. I'm kidding. But... <laughs> Well, Jenna, I want to say on the record a sincere thank you to you for the work you do. You're really great at what you do. I would be I'm, – I'm just mediocre, but I would be terrible at my job if not for you. So thank you for making me mediocre. Well, thank you for that recognition, for making you <laughs> mediocre. And you're welcome. All right. Well, and thank you for everyone who listened to this podcast, whether you are mediocre or above average or even maybe below average. We appreciate you listening. And we'll be back next week with another great guest. And Jenna will go now find her pen and paper. Absolutely. <laughs>